Hello, funny people. Thanks for tuning in to Four Cents a Podcast today. We're going to have some fun because I have something to talk about. So keep listening because things are going to get interesting. Hello, funny people, and welcome once again to Four Cents a Podcast. I am your host, Ian Martinez-Kastmeyer. So, why exactly am I broadcasting out to you again during the podcast off-season? Well, I'm going to answer that question that I just posed in a slightly circuitous manner, but some of you may recall that uh, this past August in 2020, I did an entire podcast episode where I basically talked about a book that I was sent to be a contributor of, a contributor to, sorry, um, that was uh, shortly going to come out, and that book was called Beneath the Twin Suns. It was an anthology of short stories, most of them science fiction and fantasy, and I was lucky enough to be one of the writers who contributed a story to it, and I'm very proud of it. A uh, quick thank you to everybody who's listening, who actually went out and bought that book. Uh, as a quick reminder, it is still available on Amazon. If you have a Kindle for $4.99, uh, if you'd prefer a print edition, that's uh, just $3 extra at $7.99. So please uh, continue to support everybody who contributed to that book by buying the book. And don't forget that the proceeds, as far as I know, um, Renee has not told us otherwise, uh, please, please remember that the proceeds will continue to go to the International Red Cross. Um, interesting little footnote before I actually get into what I wanted to talk to you about today, though. Uh, Renee Gendron, our lovely editor who brought the authors who eventually contributed to uh, Twin Sons together, informed us that uh, a very nice audiobook narrator, an up-and-coming audiobook narrator, came across our book, a guy called uh, Marcus Lopez, wanted to make sure I got his actual name in, uh, to, with an offer to turn uh, Beneath the Twin Suns into an audiobook. I'm not entirely sure if it's going to be a complete audiobook or if it's going to be a selection of stories from the book. I mean, there are 33, 34 stories in total, so there's plenty to choose from. But I do know that a good portion of them will be adapted into this audiobook. Marcus is going to record as many of them uh, as he possibly can. And uh, I kind of feel sorry for him at the moment because I know when he gets to mind, he's going to start wishing that he hadn't. <laughs> because when I when I wrote my story, I made up a lot of words. A lot of words that only I know how to pronounce. And we're going to have a lot of discussions because that's what he's been doing. As, as writers have agreed to be part of this project, he's uh, spoken with each of them to, and, uh, to, to just give us samples, apparently, of, of his narration and what he intends to put out. Um, and from what I've heard from my colleagues, the, the samples have actually been pretty decent. So he hasn't gotten to my story yet, um, so we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. 
But the real thing that I wanted to talk to you about today may actually never have uh, occurred had Beneath the Twin Suns come into existence, um, which is why I brought it up in the first place. Uh, What I want to discuss today is actually another book that is set to come out. Our tentative release date is going to be January 20th. Uh, so next Wednesday, uh, January the 20th, uh, and it's another collection of short stories called The New Normal, and it's going to be a collection of zombie stories. Now, I say that uh, without Beneath the Twin Suns, The New Normal would have never come together, and that is absolutely true. Um, It's a collection of 21 stories from about 20 different authors. Most of us were contributors to Beneath the Twin Suns, uh, which is why I say that had that first book uh, not come into existence, this one might not have existed. So let me explain a little about how this book came together. Um, All of us who were a part of Beneath the Twin Suns really, really enjoyed the experience. Um, For some of us, it was the first time uh, any of our fiction had ever been published. And uh, we, we enjoyed it so much that we wanted to move, we wanted to kind of keep the experience going as much as we possibly could. And so to that end, a rogue splinter group of the contributors who uh, had stories published in Twin Sons got together, I was one of them, and decided that we were going to do our own book of zombie stories. We picked zombies, I think, because we all wanted to, we all for some reason it was it was a genre that really kind of appealed to us at the time uh for a couple of reasons one of them because we were still kind of in this middle of a ridiculous global pandemic and we were all slightly disappointed by it because it didn't lead to a zombie apocalypse that's the only explanation i can give you is that uh, we we went through an apocalypse and it wasn't as cool as fiction made it out to be so there we go uh, so we all ganged together. Uh, I pulled in one of my friends uh, from the James Gunn uh, Center for the Study of Science Fiction's writing workshop, my friend Sarah Worrell. I roped her into contributing to it as well, mainly because I happened to mention that uh, I was writing a story for this book, and she mentioned that she was toying with the idea of writing a zombie story, so I enabled her just a little bit. But in the end, 20 of us got together, and uh, we wrote this uh, compendium of stories. So I know I'm, you're all asking the question, why the phrase, why the title of the new normal? Well, the simple answer is this. When the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, which we're still in the midst of, even though we've got vaccines that are being circulated, not enough to go around at the moment, but they're being circulated and people are receiving them. And it looks as though um, we might be near the tail end of this whole experience, ordeal, really. Uh, Some people have been hit harder by it than most. Some people have suffered more than most. Um, We've all had to sacrifice something. For some of us, the sacrifices have been small. Uh, and for others, the losses, not sacrifices, but losses have been pretty considerable. Uh, 
But when the pandemic started, one of the phrases that kept popping up in a lot of the media was the phrase, the new normal. This is the new normal. Mask wearing is the new normal. Wiping down everything you touch is the new normal. Not being able to shake people's hands is the new normal. Not being able to visit your relatives because they're in the high-risk category of contracting COVID and they could potentially die if you go anywhere near them is the new normal. Having crappy, crappier holidays because you can't visit the people who matter to you is the new normal. And so we basically did what uh, a lot of folks do whenever they come across a phrase or a word that they find rather irritating and don't like. We repurposed it to our own uses. We repurposed the phrase, the new normal. that's the because we we took a vote on exactly what title and there were a lot of really good titles that we selected from i mean a lot of great suggestions that were put forward um but in the end we picked the new normal and i like it personally because it's a nice alliterative title it kind of rolls off the tongue um but we sort of salvaged it from being one of those crappy awful cliches into making it something a little bit more fun um by making it about zombies, because zombies, except in your real life, make everything better. Um, so that's how I can explain it. So let me tell you a little bit about the process of bringing this anthology together. It was markedly different than doing Twin Sons. Twin Sons, you got, you guys have to understand, came together with leadership and a basic plan already in in place beneath the twin sons was renee's idea she brought it to us she recruited the writers she had this basic idea of doing a shared world anthology she had criteria that she wanted all of us to follow um, a hard word count limit you know 1500 words um the fact that each story had to have something to do with the concept of time, the fact that all the stories had to end happily, the fact that the stories had to have elements of romance in it, you know, a small one. These were all guidelines that she set for us to begin with, and she acted as the de facto editor. When we came together to do the new normal, we had none of that. We had a basic idea, a group of writers who really, really wanted this idea to become a reality, and we had to do the structure from scratch. Now, thankfully, very quickly, um, the editor of this book, Nikki Mitchell, uh, who was a fellow contributor to Beneath the Twin Suns, stepped up and took on the responsibility of being de facto editor, which was something that... I think maybe two other people could have possibly done out of all of us, out of the 20 of us who ended up being a part of this, Uh, but I don't think any of those people wanted to do it. So Nikki, she did the bold and brave thing and and took the leadership reins uh, and and made sure that we all were kind of, she kept us on top of everything. She was the one who organized the email list. She was the one who organized the tick sheet, the call sheet, to make sure everybody could stay in contact with everyone else. She was the one who sent out the polls whenever we had to make a group decision about something. Everything from the title to the way the cover's going to look. Um, 
to the blurb to uh, uh, one more thing that I'll get to in a second. She was the one who organized all of that, so we all owe her a debt of gratitude for doing that. We also had to decide, and Nikki was the one who organized this, we also had to decide, okay, what are going to be the parameters of this anthology? We know, very much like Twin Suns, that it's going to be a shared anthology in terms of genre. Uh, We know that that's going to be one unifying thread, but then we wanted to do slightly more nitty-gritty world-building. What else could we do? So we decided to kind of world-build our zombies. And in the end, we settled for only a handful of basic story guidelines. Number one, all the stories had to take place on Earth. They could take place at any time on Earth, but they had to take place on Earth. Number two, the zombies had to be viral-based zombies. If you're familiar with zombie media, you'll know that There are basically kind of two different versions of zombies. You've got the virus zombies, like you get in, I think, 28 Days Later, later, excuse me, and uh, World War Z. And then you get magic zombies, necromancer zombies, like in George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. You know, where the only way to create a zombie and the only way to kill zombies is via the Book of the Dead. So we decided to to skew the George Romero style of zombie and go with viral kind of zombie, I think because of what we're living through. Like like I said, we were repurposing the new normal for our own creative endeavors. And finally, we decided that the only way we could kill a zombie was by destroying their brain. And that was it. Those were the details that we started with. Those were the only rules. We didn't put forward any kind of hard limits to how long the stories could be, or hard minimums for how long the stories had to be to merit the book. Uh, We just had this loose configuration of basic ideas. And to the credit of everybody, and I think to the the credit of human creativity in general, we ended up with 21 completely different stories from this handful of guidelines you ended up with 21 different stories, um, each one of them completely different from the other. Um, mine was fairly straightforward. I'll actually get into that in just a second. But, you know, it's it was it, it, it just proves that anyone who likes to deride or decry or put down genre fiction as being sort of formulaic and pulpy and any other kind of disrespectful bullcrap that they want to throw at it. It just it just proves them wrong. Um, these areas of creativity, these genres that we write in, I mean, they're so fertile and so full of potential. And all it takes is kind of an original mind to come to them and do something with them. So, with that said, um, when I agreed to be a part of this project, I actually did it with a slight bit of apprehension. Mainly because even though I'd seen plenty of zombie media before and I'd read some zombie books, World War Z by Max Brooks, read the book if you haven't, uh, if you haven't, uh, movie's okay, but as Max Brooks described it, it's basically 28 days on crack, which is kind of true, um, and I'd seen, I'd seen the World War Z movie, I'd read the World War Z book, I'd read The Walking Dead, I'd seen The Walking Dead, my favorite zombie movie of all time is, uh, Zombieland, 
it's one of my actually it's one of my favorite movies period uh i haven't seen the sequel yet so don't tell me what happens uh, although i do have a it available on stars so i might uh, go ahead and watch it pretty soon but don't tell me what happens <laughs> no spoilers please so i I, I'd consumed a fair bit of it, but I'd never actually had the urge to do my own original zombie story. Uh, but when this opportunity arose, very much, I very much had the same kind of feeling that I had when I started when I agreed to write something for Twin Sons. I thought, well, here's a new set of a new challenge for me. Something that uh, I can stretch my creativity with. I, you know, with Twin Sons, it was following all those guidelines that Renee gave us to begin with, including the hard word count limit that none of us were allowed to violate. With this, it's a totally new genre. It's fertile pastures for me to try something. Now, in addition to those other requirements that we gave each other, that we all kind of voted on in a very democratic way. Uh, we all also, I, I made the decision, I should say, to skew one common trope in a lot of zombie fiction, which is the post-apocalyptic setting. A lot of zombie stories, you know, from The Walking Dead TV show to the World War Z movie to Zombieland, again, all take place in this world where the zombie virus has already kind of swept the earth and the place is in ruins. I mean, it's like, it, it's, it, it looks like an abandoned ghost town of a world with cars everywhere and stores, you know, kind of being ravaged and almost empty. Very, you know, similar to what we saw very early on in the pandemic when everybody was just buying up toilet paper. The sh shelves were practically empty. And you always have this lone crew of survivors who are desperately seeking resources just in order to keep themselves alive. Anything from medicine to shelter to clean water to, you know, decent food, all that stuff. So I wanted to skew that just because in everything that I'd seen, it was so common. So I kind of pushed that aside. But unfortunately, it was kind of a double-edged sword for me because I had a lot of trouble writing this story. I mean, it, it was it was really, really a challenge for me. Because I thought, well, the only way that I can avoid that is if I set my story in a setting where the zombie plague hasn't spread outwardly yet and is kind of contained and the whole point is to prevent the plague from happening. And so for some reason... I got the idea, since we were doing virus zombies, to write a story that was less about zombies and more about the virus, and then in the end kind of had more of a kind of odd science fiction feel to it. Uh, and that story uh, eventually became the story that I, I wrote, which, was, uh, which is called The Account of Juan Diego Ruiz, Ph.D. And I got to tell you, like I said, like I was mentioning before, it was really, really challenging for me to write this story because I had so, there were so many things that I was trying to do initially when I was writing the story. I thought initially, since it's an account, maybe I'll write it in, as a diary. But then I remember, oh yeah, when you write things as a diary, it's really difficult to convince people that it's still a diary if you put dialogue into it. 
So in the end, I just went with uh, a regular old-fashioned uh, first person. And, you know, trying to... Another stricture that I put on myself just because I thought the idea was rather amusing to me is I wanted... I didn't want my zombie to be human. <laughs> Instead, I wanted it to be... Um, uh, well, it didn't end up being this, but the phrase in my head was, I wanted my story to be a zombie monkey story. Because, of course, you see zombie humans all the time, so I thought, well, this will make it slightly more, you know, novelty-like. And also, one of my favorite short stories is a, a short story by Mary Robinette Kowal. Maybe I'll read it on the podcast at some point, uh, called Evil Robot Monkey. Really good, tiny little short story, 950 words, I think, exactly. Uh, and, and I think it got an award nomination at some point. And I thought, well, my story will be Evil Zombie Monkey. <laughs> because that's how childish I am. But it was really difficult for me to do this. Um, there were two failed attempts before I finally settled on the third story. And it started kind of picking up steam. And it became something. Uh and it worked. I, I'm proud of it. I'm actually amazed that I, I managed to, to do as well as I did. But I, there, there I, you, you never know. You never know uh, with any story whether or not it's going to grow legs or not. Like I said, I, I tried this story two times before finally uh, being able to pick up steam with it and being able to go somewhere with it the third time. And I, I can't quite remember what it was that finally enabled me to do that. If I did, I would tell you. Uh, I think maybe, maybe it was that first sentence. You know, writing that first sentence, finally getting that first sentence uh, enabled me to get the story off the ground. So I think, like what I did with um, what Lopicor did to save his love when I was talking about twin sons in that episode, I think I'll give you an idea of what this story is about. Okay. The committee selected Moira to be the test subject. It was a logical choice, but I still didn't like it. Moira had been in the lab since she was a baby chimp. In fact, we both arrived the same day. And all that time, through all the tests, she'd always come out well. And as a bonus, science moved just that little bit more forward, too. This time, I wasn't sure how she'd fare. So that's basically what I started with, finally. And, and once I had, you know, the idea of this odd connection, I mean, it's not really a love story, but it is an emotional bond between a professional animal handler who works in a lab where they test things on on animals and the animal itself once i had that it you know there was finally there was something to lose because that's really what you have to do in a story you have to give your characters something to lose you have to give them something to want because obviously when you're dealing with when you're dealing with storytelling that's really what it comes down to. If you don't, if your character doesn't have anything to lose, you're not going to care about what happens to them. And if your character has nothing that they want, there's going to be no momentum moving forward with the story. So I think once the narrator, once the voice of Juan Diego, my, my character, started coming to me, and once I figured out what it was that he wanted, he wants Moira to survive, uh, 
and he doesn't want to see anything bad happen to her, obviously. He wants her to come through this. Once I had that, there was, there was finally something there, and unconsciously or consciously, mostly unconsciously with me, because I don't really plan these things out. That's one of the downsides <laughs> to the way I work, is that if I, I, I don't plan them out, mainly because if I do, I get bored with the idea, and then I can't move forward with it. Uh, but if I do, um, you know, if I, if I had some idea of where it was going, because I, I guess I kind of did, but you'll have to read the entire story to figure out what happens. Ha, 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 ha. So, anyway, um, I do want to say two more things about this, uh, about this anthology before I, I let you all go. The first thing is that the cover was designed by one of the people who was involved in, another contributor, uh, who has a story in this in this book who has a story in the new normal a guy called chris van dyke he has a a fledgling i say fledgling because they've only published one book so far a fledgling publishing house called skullgate media they put out their own uh anthology as a matter of fact uh just this year uh it's part of a series from what i understand called uh Tales from the Year Between, it was volume one, and it was called Actan, Land of Dust and Bone. So he, uh, he's, he's one of the other people who could have easily taken the uh, editorial reins of the uh, new normal, because that's basically the function that he serves when, when he uh, does these books. Uh, and he's planning on, and there's another one that's going to come out very soon from Skullgate Media, so that, that's a big deal. But he designed the cover for this book and the minute all of us saw the image that he developed for it it's basically just these kind of ghostly silhouettes with wide eyes looking dead at the reader and the font that he chose for the title was this it's beautiful kind of not quite it's not cursive but it's very kind of florid uh font a very florid font in red which, of course, is perfect for a zombie anthology, for obvious reasons. Um, and, oh, you're gonna, you, you just, that's why I'm urging you, you know, that the, the, the print copy of this book is gonna be $7.99, very similar to the price for a print copy of, uh, of, of Beneath the Twin Suns, which is why I'm urging everybody, why I'm talking about this, because I'm like, the idea of having a book with a cover like this, um, an actual physical book, I mean, it's one thing when it shows up on your Kindle and you just get the front half of it, but the back half of it is, you know, it's just as good. I mean, because it's a wraparound image. It's a wraparound image, a beautiful wraparound image that anybody would be lucky to have adorning their bookshelves, I'm just saying. So that's one thing. The final thing is that one of the decisions that we all had to make when we contributed to this, uh, to this book was what we were going to do with the money. And because we're still all in the midst of this uh, hellhole that we're all in, this pandemic, um, we decided that we, we all voted to give the money to charity again. All the proceeds from this anthology will go to charity. The question was, what charity? Um, and se- given that... Here's the logic we used. Given that zombies traditionally eat brains... 
we decided that we wanted to give all the money from this anthology to, I think the shorthand we used was a neuro-based charity. So we were looking for something that either contributed to neuroscience, funded neuroscience, or to some place that maybe uh, did work to help people who were neurotypical, you know, people with autism, people with uh, Asperger's, people with mental health issues, uh, or, or, speaking of that last one, or to an organization that aided in the uh, treatment and understanding of mental health in general, mental illness. And in the end, that's the one we went with. Um, so all the money that this book makes is going to go to an organization called the World Federation of Mental Health. We didn't want it to be a big American charity. We didn't want it to be a big Canadian charity. We wanted it to be something that would profit as many people as possible, which is why we're giving it to the World Federation of Mental Health. And just so, for those of you who have never heard of this organization, let me explain a couple of things to you. First of all, their only mandate is that they have three. Their only mandates are to prevent mental and emotional disorders, and where they do occur, to treat mental and emotional disorders, and finally, to promote good mental health. And after everything that we've been through in 2020, I think everybody's mental health has taken somewhat something of a hit. So, what better organization to give the money to? I mean, we're basically giving it to the World Health Organization for mental illness, and that's great. Um, As a matter of fact, the, the two were founded roughly around the same time, about 1948, and they're still going. So, that's the book. The New Normal, an anthology of zombie stories. All the proceeds go to the World Federation for Mental Health. So be on the lookout when it hits uh, the first uh, January uh, 20th. Uh, so next Wednesday, it's going to come out. It's going to be great. Um, you're all, I, I guarantee you, you it, 21 individual stories from 20 different authors. There's going to be something in there that somebody is going to like. I, I have no doubt. Because there's such a wide variety, there's so many different authors dealing with, you know, 20 different sensibilities. So just be on the lookout and consider buying the book, because not only will you get a lot of pleasure out of it in the end, but you'll also be helping a very good cause. Thank you so much. funny people that's it from me here on four cents a podcast i really hope you enjoyed the show and we'll tune in next time until then stay safe stay healthy and don't forget to have some fun with your life